Okay, that that theme song was so-so. Again, we're still working on it, right? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to some other useless podcast with Richard Wigan. I am Richard Wigan. And welcome back. I don't know when or however you listen to this show. But yes, we did take last week off. I did. I don't know why I said we. Um, but a few weeks ago, I actually wanted to take the week off. But there were two stories in the news cycle that I really wanted to dive into immediately. So I did two shows. And then I took last week off, just because I have been feeling very well and trying to get things uh, on the right pace of more stories to do in this format. And then we're working on changing the format a little bit here on some other uses podcast in the next few weeks. I want to do more dynamic things. I just need to have the right energy to do it, to show everybody what is coming. And I know I'm very bad at social media with promoting it on Twitter and Instagram. I created a new Instagram, actually as a video creator account, and I had not posted one single video. So who's to say Instagram is just going to immediately flag me and control my numbers? It's really hard to follow people, really hard to start an account from scratch. Trying to get everybody to go from one page to another. That's, an, that's a separate deal on its own. i got people on my personal one that I'd like to try to transfer over to the new one. Because I'm going to, I'm, I've kind of stopped. I haven't posted very many on either account. But I'm going to mainly focus on posting more on the new account. And majority of my friends... Are still on the old one, so they're not seeing the stuff. So I got to work on how to advertise and get everybody to go over there. Just got to get people to go on over there to see what, check out what new things we're going to start doing. Because so far, the only posts I've posted on my new account R A W E I G A N D, which is like Raw, Raw Wigan. Um, is a shorter name than my vacation from my problems. Still hard to get people to transfer over there, but so far the only posts are about the podcast. And I haven't made a whole lot of those. But before we get into today's show, um, what we're going to be talking about as our main discussion, I have something to update, a few things to update. I'll have to update the other one in another show, um, because I don't want to take too much time on it. I'm just going to turn that into a whole show on its own. But it actually goes with what the last two shows that I did, where I talked about the Mike Myers and Dana Carvey situation, their little feud, and Spider-Man. You're talking about how much the movie grossed, and I'm just going to turn that into a whole show about the top grossing movies of all time. Because it, it is really odd how some movies all these years are still on that list. Some agree. Some like it's not about agreement because it's based off how much money the, the movies is, have taken in over time. I just think it's it's just strange. We'll, we'll get to that. But the the Mike Myers thing, when I was reminded of it, because as I as I stated in the show, I wasn't too well aware that there was a falling out. I just kind of thought that maybe there was some small missing piece 
but they're about equal in their careers. Mike Myers had Shrek, which really took things off, but Dana Carvey's had a few podcasts, and I forgot to mention that Dana Carvey was a voice in the Secret Life of Pets sequel. He had a really great, uh, funny part in that. So their, their careers have both been spotty. But when I when the article popped up about the feud, and I even brought that up, as I stated in, in the show, I thought it had originally been about that maybe Mike Myers or somebody had stolen a character. But that was completely left out of the article. It was this whole other different kind of story. And it's odd, the timing of it, when I recorded the Mike Myers show, talking about the different kinds of feuds. That night, maybe, my sister shows me that Dr. Evil is back at a Super Bowl commercial. Maybe she showed me the next day or something and told me about it. And I had no idea. Had I known that, I would have brought that up, that Mike Myers came back as Dr. Evil. It would have been a, a most recent um, Mike Myers project. And I guess he went on somewhere hinting that there was going to be an Austin Powers 4. There's always been that talk of Austin Powers 4. So then an article pops up that re-brought up what I had thought. And I had no idea why a few weeks ago this was left out. But I was right. I remember the situation where Dana Carvey accused Mike Myers of stealing Dr. Evil. The voice. Because, and if you think about it, you know, all these characters that he created all these years that were based off different kinds of random things. It's supposed to be about the James Bond spy thriller type genre. But that character in particular was kind of based off a of James Bond villain, of course, but like the whole, the, when, it, when he holds the cat and strokes it and all that kind of stuff. And the whole idea of world domination. It, it kind of takes out of those movies. But the voice itself, as described by Dana Carvey, is based off of Morton Michaels, which makes sense. And I, and I remember that. I don't know why it just kind of flew out of my head. It, it was kind of like I, I kind of knew and then I, I forgot. But it was that. That Dana Carvey had kind of thought it was strange that this impression... And Dana Carvey has, you know, gone around. They all have impressions of Lorne Michaels when they talk about him. But on, on during the years of Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, they would kind of both do Lorne Michael impressions. And apparently, Dana Carvey even comes up with the pinky thing. He just felt that this voice needed that. That when you're talking about Lorne Michaels or as Lorne Michaels, Lorne Michaels would, he doesn't do it, but that's what the exaggerated impression would be, was that Lorne Michaels sounds like he would have his pinky up to his mouth as he was talking. And I guess that's, that's also a part of it. I don't know why that one article left that out. Reading that article made me kind of forget and it made me think maybe I was wrong, but I, I remember that. I, I'm not too sure, and, you know, the other stuff that the article did bring up is what started, obviously, the feud. And why they didn't work back and forth. But I could only imagine once 
Mike Myers. It puts around that time of uh, Austin Powers is 99. We're talking a year after Dana Carvey had his botched surgery. Mike Myers starts his Austin Powers. What uh, starts his Austin Powers? What turns into a trilogy series? I don't know. It's just odd to me that I was kind of right that between the two of them, Mike Myers would be the one to get away with taking a character, and Dana Carvey just has to sit there and take it. I don't think that's fair. And now you know, Mike Myers is back as Doctor Evil. They had since then, you know kind of come back to each other kind of reunited after Mike Myers did say he missed him but then he goes on to be Dr. Evil again and kind of restarts the whole thing in my opinion but maybe it maybe it doesn't you know for the best it, it doesn't but I don't know had I known here, here's the order of events recently I find out about the feud the truth behind it or the hint of the truth behind it then I see the Dr. Evil new Super Bowl commercial. Then I find out, again, rehashing what I had thought years ago about Dr. Evil. So it just makes my mind just think that had I saw that before, I would watch this, the Dr. Evil commercial completely different, which I kind of did knowing that, you know, I hadn't seen Mike Myers in a while. All of a sudden I'm talking about him. All of a sudden he's there. Had no idea he was going to come back with Seth Green, Rob Lowe, and Mindy Sterling and reprise their roles. Had no idea. And there's alternate cuts. There's like extended cuts. So they really put a lot of money into coming back and try to make it worth it for everybody. So that's that. So then later in the week, we'll, we'll we talk about um, the grossing movies. Kind of update on something that I had mentioned in the Spider-Man podcast, I kind of got something wrong. It's on track to be the top, so I'm just going to talk about more about that. By the time we get to that, we'll talk about budgets, we'll talk about grosses, we'll talk about you know all the different kinds of things that have to do with money, the big money makers in the movie industry when they go to theaters. And then soon to come, we'll be talking about, and I haven't talked about at all, the nominations for the the official Oscar nominations. I had not really got into. I, I was right on a few, and we're getting closer and closer to actually finding out the winners when it has the Oscars at the end of March. But today's topic is a very interesting situation, and it's going to be highly opinionated. And in the difference of my usually highly opinionated topics, this is on stuff that I actually like. You know, when I went into the awards and really got into um, Nicole Kidman or my um, view of the Goldberg situation, it sounded more negative towards a lot of the stuff. But this, these are things that I actually do like. Doctor Who is in the news every day. And we've talked about it. I finally did a show all on it. They don't know. They act like they don't know. Every day there's leaks of who it might be. Is it going to be another woman? Is it going to be another... Is it going to be a, another man? Is it going to be someone of color? There's, there's different reasons for why they want to go into the new direction that they are 
going. And with the new showrunner, it, it's it's going back and forth with... Okay, so the original showrunner, Russell T. Davies, is back. It could be David Tennant. Because he prior... He worked with David Tennant years ago. He said that maybe it's going to be this other actress that's known for one of Russell T. Davies' latest shows. Lydia West. It could be her. Then there are names like Martin Freeman that just don't make any sense that people want to throw out there to confuse people. Michael Sheen has always been a possibility. Always immediately said no, it wasn't him. Ben Wishaw is a name that I think wishes he could be Doctor Who, but again, he had to take take it to the fans and say, no, I'm sorry, no, it's not me. So there's different things going on about who the next Doctor could be, and if you follow the latest, the latest series, I haven't seen the most recent one of Jodie Whittaker's, but the one that I saw at least introduced a character called the Fugitive Doctor. Now, to date, over the span of almost 60 years, they'll be celebrating their 60th anniversary next year. Over this whole span, there have been 13 Doctors. But over the years, there have been some that don't count. John Hurt, he's known as the War Doctor. Dan Morrissey was a possibility. And then we got introduced to a character called the Fugitive Doctor. She's a woman, played by a black actress, Jo Martin. And she steps into the role that she's supposed to, supposedly at the first Doctor, I think. Or, or at least part of it that one of them was the first Doctor ever years and years ago at the very beginning of the species of the Time Lords. And for whatever reason, she didn't want to take on her responsibilities as a Time Lord, so she ran away or something something like that. Now there's talks that there's going to be a show based off the Fugitive Doctor. So based off that, if they decide to go and make a show off her, then they could bring in another man to have the parallel of telling a story with a man, uh, a Doctor Who male, and telling a story of a Doctor Who female kind of divide your audiences and maybe bring them together and do a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Or have two women Doctor Who shows. All this is a possibility. And what is my take on it? As much as I love David Tennant, the idea of him coming back as Doctor Who does not interest me. Um... Only David Tennant could prove me wrong on that. If he came back and because I'm a David Tennant fan, he could be the only one to snap me out of it. But before anything would get filmed, before anything would get conceptualized, I would say no to the idea. Unless David Tennant is going to come back as this really, really dark version of himself, and then all of a sudden you go, who's your favorite doctor? David Tennant. Which version? He could be more and more dark, because he's taken long since then a lot of dark and sinister type roles. He hardly ever has any. He has fun with what he has, but his his the films that he chooses are really hardcore, serious topics. Don't sound like a whole lot of fun. 
Doctor Who is more, you know, it could be could be funny at times, lighthearted. But ever since the years of Peter Capaldi, people just started looking at the Doctor kind of differently. I think every episode they look for something to like in the show if they didn't particularly agree with it. I get into people. So I completely overlook the idea of Peter Capaldi as Doctor Who. I was first introduced with David Tennant as Doctor Who, so for that, I respect everything that he has done. And putting it into Jody, it's a whole different kind of thing to me. Because I just look at it as a, as a different... It's supposed to be the same show, obviously. But it's not fair to easily compare Jody to any of the other characters simply because they're men. I think she could stand on her own. I think that if she was the Doctor before them, this could be a thing. Because she'd be original. Now everything that is embedded in her character is different pieces of the other Doctors. More so David Tennant. Coincidentally, she worked with David Tennant on Broadchurch. So she does have that connection. And I, was, I saw interviews with her when it first came out. I, I just... Like I said, I get into the people before it. I wouldn't want to... Now, The Master was a different story for me. John Sim, when he became The Master, when not by the time I saw it, I had known the character from years and years ago. I had nothing really else to compare it to. He was my first time seeing The Master. Very sorry to discourage some Doctor Who fans, but to me, he was my first Master. And then I go back to see the John Pertwee incarnation on that show of The Master. And back then it was a simple hero, bad guy type situation. You, you, you have your villain in your show that has to be there to put a spoke in whatever the Doctor is doing. I think it's more believable back then to actually call somebody a villain as a stereotypical cliche villain where he's like the bad guy <laughs> you know he's the bad guy he's the master john sims interpretation of the master is so over the top but you can tell that he's having fun in the role that kind of set the tone for how the new master is going to be but then you go to missy and it's like somehow there there's a disconnect somehow there's an unexpl unexplained conversation that we need to have about Missy. Now, everything that Michelle Gomez did as Missy, she did pretty well with what she could do, <laughs> with what she was given. I don't, think, I don't think she got treated fairly in this series. I think she got treated as an outsider because she wasn't treated like as the master until like the last part of it. Until she meets John Sim as the master. All this is Doctor Who nerd talk. But if you if you do watch the show. You can get a gist of what I'm saying. and Maybe you can try to relate it to other shows out there. When a character comes in. That's so disconnected from the show. But it's supposed to be. A huge part of it. Like the master is an important character. And then even Sasha Dewan's take on the master. You can tell he's having fun in the role. I just think that Michelle Gomez didn't get to have as much fun as the other ones did. 
because for most of the time you didn't know who she was. If you if you understood the show, you get a gist of who she's supposed to be, but it never came out and said it. She never got a regeneration either way. So, and somehow they were able to come out of that. They actually were able to go from Michelle Gomez to a man now. So they bypassed something with, you know, probably just thinking, hey, we can get away with it because the Master's not in all of them. So I don't think that Michelle Gomez got treated fairly. One reason why I'm bringing this up is I, I really don't like the idea of David Tennant coming back. I, I really think it's a lazy idea. Too obvious. Um, you have the Russell T. Davies come back, and already he's going to come back with the doctor he's known for. Unless he thinks that he can alter. Like, these days with the reboots, which is going to go into the no next thing I'm going to talk about. Some people out there... And I'm like this, but a lot of times I just don't put stuff out there. I just don't do it anymore. Because I, 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 I'm a mixture of perfectionist, and even when I get something done, I'm not 100% sure about it. And it's been that way for a lot of my projects. Um, the one project that sticks in my mind is the Wiggins vs. Snowbees is actually something that I'm, I'm most proud of that I actually have no problem with. I don't, I don't think I would do anything differently. But so many of my other shows, I wish I could have done stuff better. Obviously, you want to make it look better. I just don't want this to be Russell T. Davies' do-over. It's saying that his original David Tennant seasons. What, 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 were, what were that? What is that? You know, um, I don't want something to override that. Especially if it was, it'd be really ironic if David Tennant did come back as this odd doctor. I mean, I, I don't... They try to explain Peter Capaldi because he had already been on the show before. They try to explain, coincidentally, in a David Tennant episode, why the doctor used that face. And then at the 50th anniversary, they, as I mentioned, kind of play with the idea that he could come back as the same face. I don't know. I don't like that. I just... I think that it is... I want a more dynamic choice. I want something completely out of the water. Somebody that... Maybe somebody they're not too sure of. You know? I was thinking about this. How I got into Doctor Who. I never was around for the announcements of the other Doctors. By the time I got into it... I think Matt Smith was already the Doctor, and I was going back watching David Tennant stuff. I know I had learned of David Tennant probably when he was on as the Doctor, but I'd never seen the show. So, by the time I get into it, there's already been three Doctors in the reboot. And when Peter Capaldi gets announced, I was kind of aware of that. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat of... Who's the next Doctor going to be? I, I hadn't watched the majority of the show to even put my hat in the ring of who I'd want as the next Doctor. And then once they announced Peter Capaldi, I had to understand who he was and wasn't really too, too familiar with a lot of his work. Coincidentally, I guess I did see him in a few things growing up. 
he's friends with Craig Ferguson. These are minor, minor things that really didn't put a light bulb in my head of who he was. But he's the first doctor that I was watching heavily. He's the first doctor that as soon as he got on, I was just a season behind. And I've been a season behind ever since in the show. I have all of Jody's stuff except for the most recent season that's out. So I was there for the Jody announcement. I was I was there. I I had seen enough of the Doctor. Watched all of Peter Capaldi, leading up to his regeneration. Of when it was going to be. Oh, who's going to be the next Doctor? I was I was there for that. I was aware of all the shows leading up to Jody. So when she got announced, again I didn't know who she was. So my take on it is different. My take on it is not to immediately dismiss her because she's a woman. I would, in a way, probably dismiss dismiss the new doctor as just because I would it would be somebody I wasn't too aware of. And I have to watch enough shows to understand who they are. It wasn't it wasn't a familiar face to me, obviously when someone from the UK sees Jody gets announced, they have a reference. She's known for a few other shows over there. So I didn't have that. I had I had a disconnect. But because she acted like David Tennant and seemed to have fun in the role, that's what made it for me. So I, I just wanted to rehash that just because it kind of goes with what I'm going to next talk about because... It, it's not needed for David Tennant to come back. Just as a new reboot is in the works. And I don't think it's also necessary. Futurama is coming back, everybody. Again. This time on Hulu. I'd like to know who asked for this stuff. I like, and this might have my opinion of Doctor Who also, I like complete sets. I guess you could say, you know, when you watch a movie, I like endings, you know. You like something to be resolved. Over the years, I've so I've seen so many unresolved things that now I, I miss the stuff that have endings. Your Marvel movies don't have endings. They go into other movies. They never end. Watch murder mysteries that get unresolved. These things don't have ending. That's real stuff to you know to escape from all the other stuff that's out there. We talk about reboots a lot. Futurama's back, and I have so many opinions about it because I collect DVDs. And I remember years ago, I was so excited when I got Futurama DVD. It's one of my first box sets actually. My first box set was the second season of The Simpsons. Yeah, the second season. I think I did later go back and get the first. I think I have one, two, three. Yeah. And I loved, I, I was collecting other sets and I loved having Futurama when I, when I first got it. I think I got first season. It's weird how I watch shows. Some shows are like this for us. I got the first season. It was on sale for like 20 bucks. And at that time, that was a really good deal. Or a box set. I think that's what I got it for. And these days would be really expensive. And I loved having the first season of Futurama. Then they came out with bigger sets. Because the sets had been out before I got that one. And 
I have the third one. I think I got the third one before the second one. I think I ended up going back and I got the second and the fourth one at Electronics Boutique or some places. It was like that. Like used or something. I forget what it was, but I got a good deal on it. And I loved having four seasons of the original Futurama. That was pretty cool. Then they decide to bring it back. Comedy Central brings it back. They come back to first have like three direct-to-DVD movies. I have one of those. Bender's Big Score, I think is one of them. I have that one. There's two others that I never got. And there's like three, I think three seasons. I don't think it's four seasons. I think it's three more seasons. Puts it up to season eight of Futurama now. No, seven. Three seasons of Comedy Central. Have not ever seen any of them. Probably because I had this inkling that if I ever got the stuff, I would never have a complete set. I did this already. So I just was so behind in Futurama sets. And now there's talk they're coming back for 20 more episodes on Hulu. Because Hulu distributes the Fox content. But now Futurama is in the news for something else. There is a discrepancy. And you'd like to think that people would see these red flags of, well, why do they make that? Why does that have to come back? Is there a need for it? So now you have something that's like, Futurama's coming back, and there are actually people not happy about it. But they're not happy about it for something that you wouldn't even think. Or maybe it would probably hit you if you were to Google the cast. Apparently, everybody's coming back for the Futurama reboot. Except John DiMaggio. Now, if you know anything about the voiceover world, I know a lot of these voice actors. Tom Kenny, um, Billy West, who actually is the majority of the characters on Futurama. Dan Castellaneta is a huge voiceover actor. I'm talking about voiceover actors that not only voice on like the popular things like The Simpsons and Futurama... You look up Dan Castellaneta, and that's the majority of his filmography, is cartoons. It's like that for a lot of actors out there. John DiMaggio is one of them. He knows the industry in and out, and he doesn't want to come back as Bender for Futurama. That should be red flag number one, to not do it. And this just goes to show the greed out there. When a studio thinks, well, no, you, you know what? We're going to make Futurama without Bender. And we'll show you. And there's just no point about it. There's, there's no point to it. You don't need to make another Futurama. For one thing, we already did this. It's kind of like a 24 Jack Bauer situation. They had their run. They came back for a limited run. They came back for a reinvented series without Jack Bauer. They already did a 24 movie, TV movie. They had all these things. They had their chances. And they still want to know if 24 is going to come back. Just like Futurama. They had their run. They came back on Comedy Central. They did three directed DVD things. 
because that was before streaming that was how the success of shows got chosen it was the dvd sales family guy purely relied on dvd sales it was a mixture of they had a show got canceled had a show again got canceled again their shows started airing on cartoon network adult swim and then they come back and they've done a variety of, of dvd things and they did well in dvd sales and they and they kind of they took their audience and they would make things exclusive to dvd you'd see family guy censored on tv and then you would get Family Guy uncensored on DVD. And that was their thing. That's what they were kind of known for. You can go back and watch a cartoon that has curse words in it. It was really ahead of its time. Now you can have shows, you have animated shows with curse words in them. And it's on these streaming sites. And it doesn't really matter what happens with this stuff. I don't really know what fails anymore. And, I, and I, it's almost like you can use that to your advantage. Everything out there either looks like it's going to be a hit or a miss, obviously. But streaming, I think, lets, it, it gives a possibility that maybe it didn't fail right away. Maybe there is a chance of something good coming out of it. So you could have a show that doesn't do very well, but somehow it does well in streaming. We have shows on TV that overstay their welcome on the network so now what are they doing let's put let's put everything on paramount plus you know if it doesn't land it's so odd that um i forget what what is it i forget which show i don't think it's swat i think it's david boreana's show i forget navy seal show I don't know. One of these shows came back on Paramount Plus. It was kind of like their way of reviving it. Instead of they were canceled off the original network. John DiMaggio doesn't want to come back because he doesn't think the actor is being paid fair, and he knows enough about this stuff. He's been in the industry for a very long time. He just thinks that for as popular as his character Bender is, he should get paid more money. Now, right away, that puts me into many different kinds of opinions about it because, for one thing, I don't want the show to exist because hit or miss of me ever seeing it. Anyways, really, I, I could really care less, I guess. But the fact that John DiMaggio is not coming back should be their red flag to not even do it, but they still want to go on and do it. it they're not going to be honest with this. Let us know if it failed or not because they don't want... To let everybody know that it didn't do so well. They're going to make it look like that they can succeed without Bender. Good luck with that. But in the age of reboots, a lot of times when shows come back, the people who come back have to be all in it. You know? If, if they can't come back for health reasons, or if they don't want to come back just because, like, the Olsen twins didn't come back for Full House, well, good. For Fuller House, good. You know? Since then, their personalities have kind of really gotten out there, so they would really, really put a damper on the show anyway. So maybe they made a good call on that. 
maybe fans were a little disappointed, but there are there too many shows out there that people are, are, are a little delusioned of when they find out that their show is not going to have everybody come back. But Bender is so important to Futurama, if you've ever seen the show. He has a point about actors, about the energy he could put into the characters and not being paid accordingly. But you'd like to think that he wouldn't be so... Like, maybe that's his statement of, guys, you, we shouldn't even do this, you know. And if we're doing it, I want to be paid a lot. And you can take that how it is. It's almost like he's calling their bluff on making it. And then they're going to go ahead and do it. And then he could probably care less at that point. Fans are on his side. They want, they, you know, they want him to come back. But at the same time, they do understand, I guess, what he, where he's coming from. So they're boycotting. They're boycotting Futurama that hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even been created yet. I don't know. It just, it's a mess. It doesn't need to come back. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Disney, Hulu, Fox, all the people involved should just take the hint and not do it. It doesn't need to come back. Now let's pretend that they... I forget what year Futurama ended. It gets confusing with all the stuff that they've done since then. What if they didn't do those DVDs? What if they didn't do the original show? Could Futurama come back? Then you would think... Maybe John DiMaggio would do it because it had been so long. But he does play this character a lot. And Bender is not too far off from his voice anyways. But I think he has a, a little more gruff to it. But that is kind of mostly how he kind of talks. But I don't know. I just... I'm not disappointed that he's not coming back. I, I don't want it to exist. I, I don't know whose side to be on. Because if I had a chance of seeing it, like it was free on Fox or something, I'd be a little disappointed that Bender wouldn't come back. Yes, I would. Not so much that I would make I want to make a podcast about it, as much as I would make a podcast about him not wanting to come back because he's not being paid fair. Do you think we have some part of him that would want to do it for his fans, regardless of money? So he's making a statement here. Making a statement for either all voiceover actors. Or he's making a statement of all reboots out there. Like I said, I don't know what side to be on. Because I like John DiMaggio. I'm not heavily collecting John DiMaggio. That's how I break it down. I don't heavily collect John DiMaggio things. Projects. The thing that I know him from, Futurama. He doesn't want to do anymore. Am I on his side for wanting more money? Everybody else came back. What does that show you? That everybody else could... You'd have more of a problem if Billy, if Billy West didn't want to come back, if Casey Segal didn't want to come back, if Phil Lamar didn't want to come back. If all these people are coming back and John DiMaggio thinks he could just make some kind of a statement. Because Billy West is a huge part of the show too. He's a lot of the main characters. He's Fry, Professor Farnsworth. He's a lot of the characters. A lot of the popular characters. John DiMaggio had Bender, and he would pop up as many other uh, variety of characters. 
So he's making kind of statement here. And it's really hard to be on his side because I <laughs> me heavily on his side would want the Futurama show to happen. So I guess I am more on his side maybe thinking maybe he's thinking this way so the show doesn't happen. So I, I just thought that there, those are two interesting topics to talk about because they, they do kind of go with each other of decisions that are made by studios and companies especially if they decide to go in the David Tennant direction for Doctor Who if Hulu decides to do Futurama without John DiMaggio they're basically showing you how how far they would go the David Tennant thing sounds like it's for fans but it the Doctor Who fans are such a mixed bag of people because they have I think they have all different opinions of the different doctors. It's kind of like, no, I love Matt Smith. Matt Smith is my doctor. No, I, I, David Tennant is far better than Matt Smith. Well, they're both better than Peter Capaldi. And how does Jodie fare? I don't know. Should we look at it like this? It gets too many specifics of opinion. That in that respect, it does sound like, the, you know, well, if Doctor Who's going to come back, let's just give it for the fans and let's let a fan favorite come back. But is that really what the fans want? I'm a fan of Doctor Who. And I just think it's lazy. I think it's lazy. And the Bender situation, it, the show doesn't need to exist. Not even sorry about it. I'm not even sorry for saying it. They had their run, still behind on their shows. You, you don't need it. You don't need it. So yeah, that's it for now. Next show we're going to talk about top grossing movies of all time because I have some updates to talk about Spider-Man and between now and then we could have more to say about it the numbers are going to be going up every day I want to talk about budgets of some movies I want to talk about a movie that's been on the charts for years setting records but yeah so we'll talk about that and then hopefully next week we'll get back into um, talking about the Oscars I still got to do a show talking about my opinion of the Oscar nominations versus who I think is going to win. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you already haven't. We are on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Breaker. Exciting things hopefully coming soon in the next few months. Still working on things. How the show is going to change its look a little bit and sound. But yeah. Have a good day, everybody. See ya. Bye.